This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 147 A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1987. My Two Dads premiered on NBC on September 20th, 1987 at 8.30 p.m., a triumph of TV logic with a title that would have been provocative in 1987. A woman, played by Emma Sams for one episode, passes away, leaving a 12-year-old daughter, Nicole Stacy Keenan, alone. She had the child with one of two men she was dating at the time, Michael, Paul Reiser, a financial advisor, and Joey, Greg Evigan, a struggling artist. The boys knew each other and had become enemies at the time over their shared love. Now they come together to determine what to do with Nicole. In the real world, a paternity test would resolve things, but on TV, they agree to jointly raise her. Judge Margaret Wilbur Florence Stanley, who bizarrely approved this, buys the building Joey and Nicole live in. Michael, at first, has his own apartment and keeps an eye on them. Nicole has a reverse Betty and Veronica thing going on, with two boys vying for her affections, just like her mom, played by Giovanni Ribisi and Chad Allen. Nicole's BFF is played by Amy Hathaway, with Dick Butkus as the owner of a diner that conveniently was on the first floor. We covered Florence Stanley in episode 84 for Fish. Stacy Keenan was modeling by age five, doing print and TV ads. She was also appearing in regional theater. Her family moved to L.A., and shortly after, she got the gig on My Two Dads. She followed that up with Going Places, which was a flop, and Step by Step, which was a hit in ABC's TGIF era. There were a few minor roles after that, and by the 2000s, she decided to go to law school. Today, she's a deputy district attorney in L.A. Paul Reiser was active in college theater, and he made his way into stand-up comedy. His first on-screen role was in Barry Levinson's Diner, where he played a stand-up. This led to other film roles, Beverly Hills Cop, Aliens, The Marrying Man, and Bye Bye Love. In the middle of all this, he got the My Two Dads role. However, he's far better remembered as the co-star of Mad About You, part of NBC's must-see TV juggernaut in the 90s. He helped to compose that show's theme and plays piano in it. Riser was nominated for 11 Emmys, 4 Golden Globes, and 6 SAG Awards for his role. The series came back for a 12-episode run a few years ago in the streaming era. A decade after the first Mad About You run, Riser got an eponymous sitcom that was one of the first victims of being tossed from broadcast to streaming, which had a tiny audience at the time. He would go on to Married, Trip Tank, doing voice work, Red Oaks, Stranger Things, with an Emmy nom, and The Kaminsky Method, with an Emmy nom and SAG nominations. 
He also co-created There's Johnny, a dramedy set backstage at Carson's Tonight Show. You never actually see Carson. The show was produced for CISO, a failed streamer, so it ended up on Hulu. Later films, Funny People, Behind the Candelabra, Whiplash, The Little Hours. Riser has written three books about his family life, Couplehood, Babyhood, and Familyhood. Greg Evigan was classically trained in piano, but wound up in rock bands as a teenager. He had a small role in the original Jesus Christ Superstar on Broadway, as well as a long run in Greece playing Danny. TV beckoned the terrible A Year at the Top, episode 85, BJ and the Bear, he was the one who wasn't the monkey, Masquerade, and a lot of guest spots prior to My Two Dads. He went on to regular or recurring runs on PSI Love You, Tech War, Melrose Place, Pacific Palisades, Family Rules, Big Sound, and a recent General Hospital run. Films include Strip to Kill and Deep Star Six. Evigan appears to have been sucked into the Hallmark Christmas movie factory. Giovanni Ribisi's father was a musician and mother a manager. Giovanni started getting child guest spots and had a run on the new Leave it to Beaver leading to My Two Dads. He went on to multiple TV shows, Davis Rules, The Wonder Years, Family Album, Friends as Phoebe's Brother, My Name is Earl with an Emmy nom, Dad's Sneaky Pete, which he produced, On the Verge, and The Offer, but had more success in films. That Thing You Do, Suburbia, The Postman, The Mod Squad, Gone in 60 Seconds, Lost in Translation, Cold Mountain, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, Flight of the Phoenix, Public Enemies, Avatar, and the upcoming sequels, Ted, Selma, The Bad Batch, and A Million Little Pieces. Rabizi is an active Scientologist. Chad Allen got a long run of guest TV spots as a child actor going back to the early 80s, had a run on Webster, and a regular role on Our House. He also played Tommy Westfall on Saint Elsewhere, which, if you believe his eponymous theory, look it up, is responsible for tying together nearly every TV series ever into the same continuity. After My Two Dads, he went on to Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman and General Hospital Night Shift. At age 21, he was outed as gay by a tabloid and became an activist for the community. He retired from the biz in 2015 and became a psychologist. Amy Hathaway went on to the series Arresting Behavior and films The Client, Courage Under Fire, The Small Hours, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith, as well as a lot of guest TV spots. Dick Butkus is, of course, better known as an athlete than an actor. He played football in high school, named Chicago's Player of the Year, and college at Illinois, named to the All-Big Ten Conference Team, All-America Team, Player of the Year, and sixth in Heisman voting. He went on to the Chicago Bears, third place for Rookie of the Year, All-Pro Teams, Defensive Player of the Year. He was considered one of the meanest and most feared players. Knee injuries ended his football career by 1974. He was later inducted into the College and Pro Football Hall of Fame, the latter in his first year of eligibility. ESPN put him at number 70 of the greatest athletes of the 20th century and was named to multiple all-time teams. During his athletic career, he was doing endorsements and ads such as Miller Lite, Great Taste, Less Filling, which led to acting, The Longest Yard, Superdome, The Stepford Children, Necessary Roughness, Any Given Sunday, usually playing a football player. 
There were a lot of TV guest spots and regular or recurring roles on Blue Thunder, Half Nelson, and Hang Time. He went back to football as an announcer for Da Bears and later the NFL Today. He was also involved in the failed XFL franchise. My Two Dads was a minor hit at NBC, running for three seasons. It was a top 30 show in its first season, 2.9 on the Bazinga scale. At one point, there was a DNA test performed after the boys had a fight against Nicole's wishes. By the time the results come back, they have patched up their differences, and the judge throws away the results. The Butkus character is dropped in season three, with the judge taking over the diner? There was a crossover with another NBC sitcom of the time, Night Court. This made sense since there were judges on both series. The main set, the massive apartment, is funky as all get out with a working traffic light and couches that look like cars. Remember, Joey is an artist. The show ended on a strange note. Joey gets back with an old girlfriend and moves to San Francisco, leaving Nicole with Michael. There's a coda with Nicole writing to Joey with a reference that she would go to visit him. This seems to negate the whole idea of the show. My Two Dads went on to a long syndication run on USA Network, but the show has not yet had a complete DVD set. You can see the first two seasons on Crackle, which is where I watched it. The opening, sung by Evigan, is accompanied by what looks like actors' headshots. By the time of this episode, the boys are working together for a tough female boss. Michael is forced to go out on a date with her? Huh? Which results in a classic TV misunderstanding. Nicole is convinced she has to act dumb to get boys. Oh, and Crackle is providing me with interstitial ads in Spanish for some reason. Well, we've reached another milestone series, one that put ABC's TGIF on the map. Full House premiered on ABC on September 22nd, 1987 at 8.30 p.m. Meet Danny Tanner, the late Bob Saget, a San Francisco TV sports anchor dealing with the death of his wife. Hilarious. He needs help raising his three daughters, DJ, Candace Cameron Burr, Stephanie, Jody Sweeten, and baby Michelle, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. So he asked his musician brother-in-law Jesse, John Stamos, and childhood friend Joey, Dave Coulier, to move in. Wackiness, cuteness, and lessons ensue. In season two, Danny gets a gig hosting a morning TV show and is paired with co-host Becky, Lori Laughlin. Becky falls in love with Jesse, and they get married in season four. Becky has twin boys Nicholas and Alexander, Blake and Dylan Tuomi Wilhoit, by the next season. DJ's BFF is Kimmy, played by Andrea Barber, and Stephen Scott Weinger is DJ's boyfriend. Bob Saget originally planned to be a doctor, but an English teacher suggested a career in film. In college, he made a student film that was included in the Student Academy Awards. He got into stand-up, then got a gig on CBS's morning program as a correspondent. Saget also had a short run on a new iteration of Love American Style. 
This was quickly followed by Full House, where he would ironically play a morning show host. During the show's long run, he also hosted America's Funniest Home Videos. After that, he starred in Raising Dad and Surviving Suburbia, had a run as himself on Entourage, and played the unseen narrator on How I Met Your Mother. He also took a shot at game shows, hosting One vs. 100, as well as the Nashville Squares. Saget returned to his most famous role in the Fuller House sequel. Despite his squeaky clean TV image, Saget's stand-up career was quite raunchy, and he leaned more in that direction over time, as was apparent in multiple HBO specials. Saget died just recently in his hotel room on a stand-up tour. Foul play and drug use were ruled out, but there is no official cause of death as of this recording. News of his death broke during an episode of the show he hosted for so long, America's Funniest Home Videos. John Stamos made it in showbiz after only three weeks of trying. He skipped his first semester in college and got a role on General Hospital. He was nominated for an Emmy for that role. He made two failed sitcoms, Dreams and You Again, all before the Full House role. During the run, Stamos convinced the producers to allow his character to change his first name from Cochran to Katsopoulos to honor his Greek heritage. After the series' long run, he went on to Thieves, Jake in Progress, ER, Glee, The New Normal, Necessary Roughness, Grandfathered, Scream Queens, You, Big Shot, and the Fuller House sequel, which he co-executive produced and got an Emmy nomination for. Like his character, Stamos is also a musician. He joined a version of the Beach Boys, and they went on to play on Full House as well as touring. He produced a documentary on them, which was nominated for an Emmy. Stamos has also made a name for himself on Broadway, with revivals of Bye Bye Birdie, Nine, Cabaret, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, plus The Best Man. Dave Coulier got started in stand-up after doing impressions of his high school principal over the PA system. He dropped out of college to pursue comedy full-time. Coulier and Saget met through stand-up, and he slept on Saget's couch earlier in his career. His proficiency in impressions led to voice work. Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters, Muppet Babies, The Savage Dragon, China, Illinois, Bob and Doug, American Dad, Robot Chicken. Coulier had a run as a host of Nickelodeon's Out of Control prior to Full House, following that up long run with George and Leo, Can't Get Arrested, and the Fuller House sequel, which he directed as well as appeared. Finally, he hosted America's Funniest Home Video spinoff, America's Funniest People. Candace Cameron Burr is the sister of Kirk Cameron and, like him, became a child actor. She had a run on St. Elsewhere and several TV guest spots prior to Full House. She appeared in the film Punchline during the show's run. More guest spots and TV movies followed. She stepped away from the biz for several years to raise her kids, then returned as one of the queens of the Hallmark Channel, doing many holiday films there. She's been doing a series of cozy mystery TV movies for them, the Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries, for several years. Burr also had a very long run as co-host of ABC's The View. She competed on Dancing with the Stars and appeared in the Fuller House sequel, producing it as well. Jody Sweden's parents were in prison when she was born, and so her uncle adopted her. She got into commercial work as a child, which led to some TV spots, as well as Full House. 
When the series ended at age 14, she became a drug addict and took years until 2008 getting sober. She then went on to Can't Get Arrested, Hollywood Darlings, which she produced, and the Fuller House reboot. Sweden had taken dance lessons as a little girl and wound up competing on Dancing with the Stars. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, a.k.a. the Olsen Twins, began their acting career at age nine months on Full House. Their family turned the role into a showbiz empire, with the twins doing a long string of TV movies and direct-to-video products, many starting with The Adventures of Mary Kate and Ashley. They co-hosted wraparounds for ABC's TGIF lineup for years and had a late 90s series called Two of a Kind. By that point, their empire included fashion dolls, clothes, magazines, and fragrances. Films include It Takes Two, Our Lips Are Sealed, and New York Minute. As adults, they turned away from acting and got into fashion full-time. Their net worth is reportedly over $100 million. Mary-Kate is also a competitive equestrian. Their younger sister is Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch, in the MCU. Lori Laughlin got into print modeling as a child, which led to a run on Soap Edge of Night, as well as films Amityville 3D and Secret Admirer all before Full House. She did many TV movies during the show's run, then went on to Hudson Street, Summerland, which she co-created, In Case of Emergency, the 90210 reboot, Hallmark's When Calls the Heart, and Garage Sale Mysteries, and Fuller House. In 2019, she and her husband were among 50 individuals arrested for fraud and bribery related to a college entrance exam cheating scandal. It was alleged they gave $500,000 to a shady organization who made it seem as if their kids were competitive rowers. Neither were, nor intended to. She would spend two months in prison, and most of her showbiz contracts were dropped. She's still on supervised release through the end of 2022. Ironically, her daughter Olivia probably could have gotten in on her own. She has YouTube and Instagram beauty tip channels, each with over a million subscribers. GAC, a competitor to Hallmark, announced a new season of When Hope Calls, Laughlin's first post-prison role. Blake and Dylan Twami Wilhoit dropped out of acting post-Full House. They did appear in Fuller House, concentrating on sound work instead as Foley mixers. Andrea Barber got some TV guest roles as a child actress, which led to a long run on Days of Our Lives, Full House, and the Fuller House sequel, was her other main role. She basically retired from the biz after that. Scott Weinger got his first work in TV commercials and appeared on a Hemingway miniseries and the series The Family Man prior to Full House. Apart from that, and Fuller House, of course, he's concentrated on voice work, specifically the title character in the Aladdin franchise of films, videos, and games. Winger is also a producer. The 90210 reboot, The Neighbors, Blackish, Gallivant, The Muppets, and The Hookup Plan. Full House was not an immediate hit for ABC, moving from Fridays to Tuesdays and airing two episodes at a time to build an audience. That did the trick. It returned to Fridays, then stayed in the top 30 through the rest of the run, hitting 2.6 on the Bazinga scale. ABC used it as a lead-in to promote new shows, including Home Improvement, Family Matters, and Hangin' with Mr. Cooper. While still riding high, production costs had risen to the point that the show no longer was profitable enough, and ABC let it go in 1995. Plans to move it to the nascent The WB fell through. 
Bob Saget almost didn't play Danny on the series due to his commitment to CBS's morning program. John Posey played the character in the pilot. The Olsen twins, who alternated the role of Michelle in order to comply with child labor laws, were jointly credited as Mary-Kate Ashley Olsen in order to preserve the illusion that there was only one actress, although they did appear together in fantasy scenes. The series moved on to syndication, airing daytime on NBC, then on to TBS, Nick at Night, ABC Family, CMT, and ironically, the Hallmark Channel. Hulu had streaming rights from 2017 to 2021, with HBO Max recently taking it over. Just recently, the series began airing on Diginet MeTV. There were various reunion plans over the years, but in 2014 it was announced that the sequel, Fuller House, would be streamed on Netflix. It's centered on DJ's character, now a veterinarian trying to raise three boys on her own after her firefighter husband is killed in the line of duty. Stephanie and Kimmy move in to help, and the cycle begins again. The show ran for five seasons, ending in 2020. We'll talk about the new series and cast way down the road when we get to that series. I went to HBO Max to watch a classic episode. Never watched the show before, as I thought it was for kids, and I was right. I picked an episode from the middle of the run. The opening theme, Everywhere You Look, is the apex of 80s Miller Boyett shows with the family out doing stuff in San Francisco. Michelle is practicing her politeness, and it's all about the precociousness. DJ wants a pair of pricey shoes. Wow, $160. And after Danny turns down a handout, he agrees to her getting a part-time job as a photographer's assistant. It's humiliating. Kimmy is no help. Jesse and Becky debate where to get married. She wants it in Nebraska. He wants it at Graceland. And there's some dream sequences. Joey, well, Joey does wacky impressions and suggests a compromise, a wedding in San Francisco. Danny doles out an important lesson about telling the truth with schmaltzy music in the background. More of 1987 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.